0: Keep cutting. Cut, cut, cut. Whack this roster down. And when you're done doing that, Ben Charrington, for heaven's sake, raise the bar for 2022. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this over the weekend and not at all worthy of headlines anywhere. The pirates made several cuts to their 40 man roster, putting a bunch of guys on waivers, not surprisingly getting most of them through waivers, activating others and setting themselves up to cut even more guys by November 19th, when they have to have the roster set for the Rule 5 draft. And all I could think when I saw some of these names that were cut, this long list was, wow, good. And then after that, keep going, you know? Here, here. I don't want to be mean here, okay? These guys made it to the majors you know, fulfilled their dreams by getting there, blah, 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 and everything else here. But the idea of having a major league franchise is to try to win a World Series, and you're not going to do that with dot, dot, dot. Chase DeYoung, Aniel De Los Santos, Kyle Keller, one of the worst relievers the Pirates have had in more than a decade. Connor Overton, uh, Shea Spitzbarth, who's a great story, and again, that's why I'm not being mean about any of this. Chasen Shreve, who did okay, is a lefty, but he cleared. Wilmer Defoe, who I actually wouldn't mind having back, but they knew they could get him through, and they did, meaning through waivers. And they activated some guys who'd finished the 2021 season with injury statuses. That was Stephen Brault, who will be back. Dylan Peters. Blake Sederland, the flamethrower, who had the Tommy John. Jose Soriano, but then Soriano was dumped off the roster about a day later. Uh, Dwayne Underwood, who, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. No. Okay. Nice dude. Uh, Really durable. Takes the ball. Gets you multiple innings. Can't get people out. Okay, this is a problem when you are a pitcher. And Bryce Wilson was the other one who was activated. It's not going to be hard taking this even further. Because when you get to that November 19 deadline for the Rule 5 draft, meaning to set your rosters, you've got to add prospects who have reached a certain level of minor league experience. And among them are Kanan Smith-Nigba, Cal Mitchell, Mason Martin, the moonshot home run guy in Altoona, uh, Tanaj Thomas, a pitcher they really, really like. There are a handful of these guys who have to be added. If you're grooming prospects. Well, actually, first of all, if you're acquiring, paying a price to get prospects, and then you're investing time in developing them, and you're making them better and everything else here, the last thing you want to do is lose them at Rule 5. And that's something that even during the regular season, we were talking about here on this show. We were going back and forth as to, well, you want to do this, you want to do this, but you got to make sure that you can't overload with the prospect count at a certain experience level or you're just wasting them you're getting them for nothing so keep going keep going I, I i can't say this enough i really don't want to be mean especially to some really nice people and everything else here but this job is about being critical both in the positive and negative sense of the team That you cover of the subject matter. And an example that I'll give you is Chad Cool. Chad Cool, nicest human alive. Uh, There's not a person who's ever encountered Cool who wouldn't tell you that. And worked his rear end off to come back from Tommy John Uh, and was able to throw with similar velocity. Uh, Maybe even occasionally a better bite to his off-speed stuff. But he can't put the ball where he wants to consistently enough. Certainly not to start. So at the end of the season, you saw the Pirates move him to the pen, thinking maybe that would help. And I suspected at the time that this was a last gasp thing with Chad. Like they wanted to give him one last chance. You can't be doing arbitration with him and paying him $3 million. And it it went terribly. It went terribly. He'd come into games that were close or the Pirates had a slim lead, and he would just get rocked, rocked. If he doesn't get kept by this team, if he isn't retained in whatever form, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. It's time for the Pirates to start looking not just at the at the 25man roster but at the 40 and saying you got to raise the bar here you're not just going to hang out on the fringe you, you've got to be able to perform you're either one of the prospects who's legitimately part of the future that you have to keep or you're going to be a pretty good player in Pittsburgh But it can't be neither. And that's what has to happen starting this winter. Enough of the dumpster diving and whatever else here. If you have 40-man spots open that are not filled by prospects, put good players on them. Put good players on them. I keep saying this again and again and again. At some point, the honeymoon has to be over in this regard. When we come back, just one question. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you on this program always by our friends at North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. If you haven't been there yet, give it a try. Give it a try. Uh, It is open year-round. It's not uh, tied in any way, shape, or form to whether or not there's baseball going on. It is a lively, happening place with your choice of excellent food, unrivaled selection of craft beers, and, of course, the signature Steak on a Stone. Check out North Shore Tavern directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. RJ1Q comes from Paul Sapienza, who asks, DK Brian Reynolds' biological clock is as much of a consideration to me as his arbitration clock. One might argue that the two clocks are actually in sync for a player whose service time began at age 25. What are the chances that the high-end talent, Cavalry, comes from the minors while Reynolds is still with the club and in his prime? You know, there was a conversation that I had with one of the uh, front office types from the Pirates. This was out in San Francisco. It was during batting practice out on the field. And this similar thing came up when we talked. And I say similar because I didn't limit it to Reynolds. I included Kibrian Hayes. Now, Reynolds is a little bit ahead, obviously, with you're calling it an arbitration clock. It's really a service time clock. It's You have six years that you stay with one team. You're, you're under their control from the time you arrive in the majors. Reynolds is entering, for anybody who doesn't know, a four-year period in which his rights belong to the Pirates. So he's going to be here till he's 30. Obviously, barring trade. Hayes is going to be here for a year on top of that. So you have, you know, if you average them out 4.5 years, you have time to bring along these prospects that we're talking about if you can assume that they could safely arrive on a somewhat accelerated schedule. When I say safely, I'm referring to you don't want to rush prospects. You don't want to mess them up. You don't want to get them to the majors and then find out you forgot to address a certain really, really significant shortcoming that gets exposed because that beats them up. And then they go backward and no, no prospect. I don't care who you are likes going backward it hurts it hurts when you've been to the bigs you play in a stadium and you're in that big fancy clubhouse and you fly on those charters you feel like you've regressed in your career no matter what they tell you that you made it but yeah okay I'm not good enough like I made it and I was rejected I was spat out so you want to make sure that your Nick Gonzalez, your Leo Peguero, your Ruanzi Contreras, and even your O'Neal Cruz, you want to make sure that when they make it, they're ready to stick. Prospects can fool you. Gregory Polanco was the world's greatest prospect. Got to Pittsburgh, actually debuted, some of you will recall, with a series in Miami against the Marlins, where he was a world beater. He looked like the greatest baseball player any of us had ever seen, okay? Like a baby-faced Dave Parker. Hitting the ball all over his arm before the shoulder injury was spectacular. He's running with those big, long strides. and Okay. Greg had issues. He would have lots of them along the way. Was he rushed? Uh, I don't know. But you got to be aware of it. And you got to be careful about it. And that's why my focus here isn't so much on get the prospects here in a hurry as it is, as I mentioned in the opening segment, take those remaining spots on the 40 and do something with them, get real players. Try to get them if you can on shorter-term deals so that you aren't blocking people. But go ahead and get guys who can actually play. Those do exist. There are good players who will sign shorter-term contracts. And if you can achieve that somehow, not only do you make your existing roster in Pittsburgh more competitive, obviously, but you also can build up trade chips the way you did with Tyler Anderson. That stuff comes with value, too. So just just something to think about there. It, it, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. The baseball screwy economic system forces teams to be playing all kinds of little games like this uh, when you can't spend to the level of the Dodgers and other teams like that. But that's, that's just, you know... I like the approach in general, Paul. I just want to see progress in 2022. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Do it again tomorrow.